Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. First Corinthians says something. Husbands love your wife. Wives do what? Respect your husband, right? So you don't respect from your heart. You respect from your head, but you don't love from your head. You love from your heart. And so all the scripture is saying, men, when you're dealing with women, get out of your head into your heart. And women, when you deal with a man, get out of your heart and into your head. You better teach. You better teach. That right there freed somebody right there. Maybe that somebody was me. Come on, somebody. Love is a treasure chest, but once opened, our hearts become vulnerable. I I went back to Vegas. It was this guy. He appeared as a friend. Sure enough, it led to infidelity. Alignment can't be ignored. We talked about certain topics while I was having kids. She didn't want to have kids. Um, And that was one of the red flags. And I know you desire marriage. So I think it's best you move on with your life. What you do, Lisa? What you do? I told him, okay. (laughs) She didn't ask me why. I knew several other women's bodies better than I knew my own. I watched their videos of them having sex, so I would try to imitate that. No discussion is off limits. Dear Future Wifey Podcast brings healing. You inspire us to try God a little bit more. Through this platform, I realized that it's possible. It's possible to love again. The conversations have really helped me to change my perspective on relationships. Season 7 is all about tough topics. I'm Lateris R. Winfield, and welcome to the Dear Future Wifey Podcast. Come on, end your year strong. Are y'all planning on ending your year strong? Come on, somebody. Listen, I'm Lateris R. Whitfield. Welcome to the Dear Future Wifey podcast live recording at End Your Year Strong. Cindy Trim, I'm so honored to be in your presence. You're such an amazing, dynamic woman of God, an impactful voice to this generation, and I don't take it lightly. Well, let me get back to my script. Welcome to the Dear Future Wifey podcast. I'm your host, Lateris R. Whitfield. Listen, are you still shacking up with us? If you're still shacking up with us, can we get a commitment? Hit that subscription button and subscribe. Make sure you turn on your notification bell so you'll be notified about upcoming episodes. Listen, we are in Atlanta, Georgia. Man, this is such an amazing event. Have y'all been getting poured into this week? Have y'all been getting filled with the Holy Spirit? That, I mean, I can't think of no better way to not only end your year strong, but to start the next year empowered, changed, set free, and delivered. So listen, God has blessed me to be uh, in the presence of greatness. We are curating an amazing conversation with an amazing group of panelists. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to start from my right, and I want everyone to just introduce yourself and just give a quick little short blurb about who you are and what you do. Real fast. Is this somebody else coming, or should we scoot down? <laughs> no, it's fine. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We, we feel like y'all are so far away. Um, <laughs> my name is Christian Keys. Um, <laughs> I'm, 
hush, man. Um, I am a dad, a believer. You know what, Ruck? I'm gonna poke you in your eye in church. It's gonna be crime in here. Um, a creative, and I love y'all. I'm gonna keep my bio real short. You next. Not, go. Don't mess with me, man. Leave me alone. Lamont Rucker, how are you? <laughs> uh, artist, activist, educator, entrepreneur, philanthropist, man of God. There it is. Kristen Jordan, uh, pastor of Masterpiece Church, author, writer, speaker, and get to be with my very best friend. Yeah. Amen. Montel Jordan, uh, pastor, singer, songwriter, dad, husband, lover of Jesus. I just want to give a special introduction to my yellow coat, my yellow yeah. coat. Uh, so uh, I didn't have the yellow cow, so I decided to bring a yellow coat. So say hello to my yellow coat. Here we go. Russell Tomlinson, I... I bring stability to our communities by strengthening marriages and families. And I happen to be married to the most hostess, Dr. Ann Cindy Trim. And I don't think she needs any introduction, but I'm gonna let her go ahead and say something. I'm Cindy Trim. I'm And I'm just a mirror of your greatness. Woman of God, Lisa Wu, um, actor, producer, and writer. Honored to be here. Yeah. I'm LeVon Lewis. Um, I own a marketing company. We actually don't work for Dr. Trim. Uh, some of my clients are like SeaWorld, Home Depot, Coca-Cola. And I'm a newcomer to uh, reality TV as well. So. Bishop Alton Walker. I was waiting for my woos. They didn't give me no woo. I'm about to say, see, where I get up? Just cause they look all right, don't mean that I can get a woo. Comedian, entrepreneur. I'm just happy to be here. Man, oh, I gotta say man of God, can everybody say that? And man of God. Oh, I didn't say that. You got to say man of God. Yeah, I they, ain't gonna, man of God. they ain't going to rock with you if you don't say man. man of God. So we have an amazing group of thought leaders, married couples, and, um, well, we have Lamont. He's without his beautiful wife, um, but he's going to be representing her very well. And we have some single people. So how many single people do we have out in the audience? There it is. Yeah, say it proudly. Say it proudly. How many? Yes. Yes. How many of y'all want to be married? Anybody want to be married? All right. There eventually, eventually. 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 I've done it twice, though. No, Lisa, said, Lisa said that she's a hopeful <laughs> romantic. And by when I talked to her last week, she said, no telling. She may end up being married by this coming up Saturday, which was today. She said, that's how ready you are, it right? It might be coming next weekend. Might, but you don't have nobody in sight. No, he just might show up. <laughs> <laughs> show up and just get married. So listen, how many married people do we have out in the audience? 
Yes, yes. So y'all sound so y'all happily married, huh? That's what I'm talking about. How many kingdom marriages do we have out there in the audience? That's amazing. It's a different from just being married and having a kingdom marriage. The Bible says that I'm trying not to preach it. We're gonna we're gonna go because that's what's so powerful. I always say that. God should always be in the presence because the Bible says where two or more are gathered in his name, there shall he be in the midst. So just because y'all are in covenant and y'all were joined in holy matrimony, the presence of the Lord shall always dwell in your home, should always dwell in your home and you operate in power. Let me let's just let's jump into the single folks. Let's see. Y'all want to start single or married folks? Which y'all want to hear from first? Single. Uh-oh. Single. Christian, you up. <laughs> I saw him looking this way. They look, all right, him in so his yellow jacket. But maybe it should be ladies first, though. She's trying to throw it over here. Ladies first. Ladies first. Nice try. All right, so I appreciate Lisa. that. Oh, all right, Lisa. Let's go, woman, woman of God, Lisa. So, Lisa, uh, let me ask you, how has these dating streets been treating you? You know, I'm not in the dating streets, though. I'm not. So, uh, because I've been married twice and I realize my worth, and what I need, and that you need to be equally yoked, not only because you both believe in Christ, that is child rearing, that is finances, that is everything. So just because we both believe in Christ doesn't necessarily mean that we are equally yoked. It's values as well, right? And, and so I'm not in the dating streets because I don't like to waste my time. I kind of go on like uh, group dates. It'll be like a lot of friends of mine. I'm like, well, I happen to be here if you want to stop by. Because then you have to figure out if you want to share your time with that person personally or for them to be in your space, that energy, right? So I'm normally typically with a lot of my friends, it's probably five or six of them. It's like, I'll be here, by the way, if you want to stop and I'll just see the vibe because I pick up on energy. And they're like, yeah, that's, yeah, I don't want to do that. But has that changed? Has, has your dating style changed as you began to be older? Because like you Absolutely. said, sharing your time and making yourself available to people that you may not want to make yourself available to. So how has that changed? It's changed because I realized that, you know, sometimes you'll go and say, let me see what this is or if that could be something. I, you can get it from the first phone call. Let's, like all that texting sometimes is not going to work like because it doesn't read across. Like get on the phone. Let me feel your energy. Let me get like sometimes FaceTime. I mean, don't FaceTime me like happenstance, though. You can't do that. I might be on the toilet or be in the shower. Like, yeah. you can't do that. <laughs> you got to make an appointment with FaceTime. It's make an appointment. So what? If you're on the toilet. So what? No, man. Uh, so what? No, ladies, don't do that. Don't put the camera down there. <laughs> the camera should be up here. Why would you answer the mug? Why would you? Answer but that's the that's part of what I'm saying. Don't answer. <laughs> no, but I'm teasing. But you know, and it gets started, but but that was too much fun. I guess I'm saying that really because again, earlier we talked about authenticity. Yeah. And I did, I think, and I'm I'm that's a very extreme example. Yeah. But my point is again, in principle, don't why why hide in the bathroom, so to speak, right? I'm just saying, if you're gonna keep it real, right? Being on the toilet, it don't get much realer than that. Well, well, we're talking about in the beginning nah, stages. You know? So what? Nah. Women, women don't do that. Let me that. see the real you from Jump Street. Women don't do that. We don't I, all wanna see that. No, exactly. No, sweating and holding the wall, and we don't wanna. <laughs> yeah, I love you, but I wanna see Feet moving yeah. like this. No, my point, I, and I'm, I'm teasing, because again, we talked earlier, my point is, it's, it's the simplicity of, in this, in this, this is my point. I want to see you with the wig off, not the wig on. Right. That's my point. I get that. Right. That's, I get so that. that's all. I get and that. And I said, yeah. your example is very extreme, but my yeah. point is, why yeah. not? 
you know? And you're like, married, so that works. But as, nah, as a nah, single- listen, if my wife, again, who would have been my girl at the time, was like, hey, I'm answering, but I'm on the toilet, I'd have been like, I, I actually might have been kind of impressed. Why? Well, because, like, because she's being real, yeah, you're saying. she's not taking herself too well, seriously. Whether or not you stay on the phone is another thing, but yeah, I don't, like, to me, that's kind of, I, I feel like there's something very, I feel, I feel very humble, and there's a sense of humor, and there's, a, you know, what I mean? people, not like, taking yourself too seriously, like, you know, and again, you know what, you know what's real, too? Hey, baby, um, I got to use the bathroom. I'll call you back in like right. four days. Back too. Yeah. Back too. But that's my point. But some women wouldn't even say that because they'd be too embarrassed to say that. Yeah, okay. yeah and I just don't right. think that's necessary. Oh, okay. So, so, so you, you changed by way of, which is interesting, you introduced group dating, which, you know, which is a, an old school Christian type of way of dating. And so you now adopted that ideology. Uh, why? Well, because I didn't know if I wanted to spend time with that person. So just because you meet someone and like, I really sometimes don't even give out my number. Like, I'm like, you can have my email. Like, what is it about? Like, I mean, like, I get my email. Did you say your email? Yeah. <laughs> I do. I do all the time. Right. Even Robin can attest to it. It's like, yeah, you can have my email. <laughs> you give them the email address. So, <laughs> Alton, Alton. You still giving out beeper serious. numbers. <laughs> you said doing what? Give my beeper numbers. Sam, yeah, Sam, now, Sam, now, 93 or Now you guys are getting me in trouble because now they're going to say, dang, I got an email. <laughs> you, you can have my LinkedIn, but you can't have my number. I can't have my number. So, Alton, <laughs> how has dating, are you out actively dating? Uh, I go on dates. I do. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm talking to Alton now. Oh, now yeah. Alton? <laughs> Alton. Oh, yeah, but beeper on. number. Um, yeah, but I think we need to define what dating is. Let's define it. My definition of dating is you're, you can go out with how many people you want to go out with. Not, 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 I'm not saying you have to have sex and all that, but I'm open to go out with multiple women. If I want to go out with Jessica on Monday and then uh, a Shaquanda on Wednesday, I don't think it's not wrong with that. Well, because you're just is there a Shaquanda eating, right? in the house? Is there a Shaquanda? No, because he's just eating. Or and I think, which is good. But I think women should do the same thing. I think women should do the same thing. I know a lot of women date one at a time. And I always say that they shouldn't do that. I feel like dating is data collection. It's like interviewing for one job You're and hoping you get that job. And let them know about each other. Exactly. Listen, I got another date at 4 p.m. We got to wrap this up. <laughs> Let them know that you're not the only one. Because I, I really feel like you should do that. And like I said, you don't have to have sex with them. But, God, well, you putting your eggs in one basket and this man think he all, oh, man, please. Yeah, man, and don't put all your Yeah, like, go out with them. Get you a basketball team. And, <laughs> and let them know you are a point guard. You, you on a bench. Go on, sit down. And you just got cut. Matter of fact, you, you Draymond. You just got suspended indefinitely. Definitely. How many of y'all women are opposed to dating multiple people at one time? Raise your hand. Y'all opposed? Okay, but you're saying dating. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Dating. I mean, we, a lot of y'all, well, a few of y'all. How many of y'all believe in dating multiple people at one time? Oh, more. okay. Well, not dating. But see, that's what I'm saying. It's Going like out. defining it. Yeah, you got to define it. Because, that's what you just said. Dating is people, data collection. That, literally sitting down, breaking bread with that's somebody. It. That's it. Yeah. It's not, okay. it's not you in a relationship with them. And you're you're spending more time. It's just I'm going out to lunch, and I think we get mixed up what dating is, and you just gotta define it. And you know? if you claim it like that, I think that's the that's the best way. Yeah. If you declare that this is what this is, I'm open to it being more. But right now, 
you're not the only person I'm getting to know. Yeah. If it reaches that space to where, you know what, I, I got tunnel vision, I just want to focus on this particular woman, then I am going to send that, exactly. you know, make those calls and be like, hey, I met somebody, I want to see where this goes, so you won't hear from me for a while because I want right. to lean into this. No, no that's, that's respectful. Honest. That's the women, way it's women supposed women to be done. Honesty, yeah. Right? yeah. That's, that's it. No, that's and, right. I don't think they like when you say you won't hear from me for a while. <laughs> they, 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 they picked up on a while saying oh, that he said he it may be back. an expiration date <laughs> that course, you use them the as a backup plan. That's the only thing they caught them on. They said a while because you put them on reserves like you're going to come back if it don't work. No, that, that means you might send them a Christmas card or check on them next year and see if they're still breathing. They said, no. They said, I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. Okay. You uh, see, that's why I said women it. date. That's the date all here. <laughs> Go out. Then you're not going to hear from me no more. God bless. Go with God, but I'm going to be over here and see what's up with her. And yeah. then six months later, you'll be like, hey, hey, big head. You're going <laughs> to spin the block. So let me ask you, let's jump over here to these married couples. We're going to go back to singles. So um, I'm going to say uh, Cindy, Dr. Trim, and uh, Pastor Thomason. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna come, because I love y'all's love story. Um, the Jordans, how did y'all meet? And when you look on these, when you see these social media uh, posts about the uh, Cheesecake Factory dates or the should a man provide 100% versus 50-50? We didn't have all that terminology and ideology back then. So if y'all can recall, what was y'all's first date? You want, you want to tell the... <laughs> you want her side, my side, or the truth? Which, which, which one? No, we, we met at... Uh, it was in college. I was probably a little bit out of college. Uh, a place called the Cockatoo Inn by the oh Los Angeles, by the LAX airport. Uh, it was a club, it was a fraternity, sorority ball. Um, I was there inside. Neither of us were supposed to be there uh, because uh, nobody's supposed to be here. Sorry, that's devil cops. Um, neither of us was supposed to be there uh, because it was like alphas and AKAs things. And when we got there, I was inside and I saw her first. I saw her, she was walking outside and when she walked by, um, I looked and something inside of me said, that could be my wife. Now, Really? Really? Now, something inside of you said that some, at the sight of her? I had, I had, I had dated. I had been uh, the, the good guy, the bad guy who was the good guy. I, I'd done all of that, and I'd never said that before. And something happened when she was walking by outside. I remember her clear as day, the way she was walking, you know, six you know, she's six feet, but she had on like three inch heels. So, you know, when she was walked by, something inside me said, that could be my wife. Now, at the time, she wasn't thinking of being a wife and I wasn't thinking about a husband. But there was something to that for me that later on, Bible wise, where it says he that finds a wife, finds a good thing. I found her first because that was that's that thing that inside me that did that. So she came inside. I'm gonna let her talk in a second. But she came inside. She did not care about my life. She didn't care that I existed. Uh, she was in man. She was in man hater mode. Um, I was a popular guy, you know. I was, you know, so I was popular in fraternity, and like she's giving me no rhythm, like nothing. And I'm like, so hi, how, how you doing? Good. I'm like, you know, what do you like to do? Nothing. You want to dance? No. Like nothing. And this is the, the club is banging. Like the DJ's killing it. Everything is phenomenal. 
And I'm just sitting there with her, like, like y'all can't take this L. Like, you don't, you don't want to dance. You don't, you don't want to do nothing. And she's like, no. So after this goes on for a while, um, I, I said, you sure you don't want to dance? She says, if I dance with you, will you leave me alone? <laughs> and I said, so you're saying I got a chance. <laughs> okay, so clarity. So I was in college and I had just got there. I'm only 19 years old, so let's, let's preface, okay? So when I, I meet him, I had been on a few dates at this point, and you get to the restaurant and the man says, you got me, right? Okay, so no, I do not got you. And so now, show up on the scene, I meet Mr. Jordan. And he's giving me these Mac Daddy vibes. And I was like, no. Do you want to dance? No. Do you want to talk? No. And uh, on the way there, my car had broke down. So this, this is the other thing. So I'm there to support my friend. I'm in full support mode. I'm a Zeta. She's an AKA. And I am like, listen, I am just here to support you, sis. And so <laughs> basically when I show up on the scene, and my man is giving me Mac Daddy vibes. I was like, no, I, this is another you got me. I could feel it. <laughs> but this is the thing. So then we decide to dance. And I'm not really dancing with him. I'm really dancing next to my friend. And we're talking because I don't know him. And so this is the thing, <laughs> I, I promise you. And so all eyes show up on him. Why? Why? Kid and play comes on. And she's not giving me no rhythm anyway. And so when that, and so me and my boy, we start going in. I'm full running man. 6'8". I'm, I'm full running man. And at that point, the floor, it's like out of a movie. The floor started to clear out. And me and my boy, like we're going in. And then at that point, that's when she was like, oh, well, hey, you want to go talk? You want to go talk? I'm like, Are you, now, now you want to talk? And so uh, she fell in love, and now we got five kids. <laughs> Where was y'all's first date? <laughs> Listen, factory. unless we get in the Cheesecake Factory endorsement, it was not the Cheesecake Factory, but it could have been. No, it wasn't. We, uh, we were supposed to go to, you got it? Yeah. So we went on a double date. Because And we drove, the girls drove, because when I show up on the scene, we don't know how you're going to act. We don't know what you're going to do. So we got to have an exit strategy. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> wisdom Dr. says, yes, yes. wisdom says, if you act crazy, That's I'm out. Dating. That's that group dating. I'm, That's that group dating. I'm telling you. But you know, it's funny. He came out and he had on this all white tracksuit. And I was like, wait a minute. Was that the guy from the other day? My friend was like, yes, I picked the wrong one. I was like, you sure did. <laughs> so, so we take from that, I saw her first. And even though you don't get a second chance to make a first impression, sometimes you can see someone for the first time the second time. Woo, that will that's preach. Yeah, that was nice. That will preach. That's a good one, bro. Yeah, so that's what she saw. She saw me. The second time, and it was like, oh, so then finally she did see me. But um, you know, but that's how we. I I can go back and I could say I found her because I 
saw her first. Can I take a liberty here? Because I want to just dive back just for a second into the, the singles question that you had asked, because there's a lot of singles in here. And I would love to be able to say this from somebody that's now we're going on 30 years. If I can. 30 if I can, years. Give it up, y'all. Th th to each years. other. 30, 30 to each other. And um, from that standpoint, if I could just give you something um, that that's that scripture, he that finds a wife, finds a good thing, obtains the favor of the Lord. Bible's real important that the words that are used, uh, it says he that finds a, a wife. It didn't say she that finds a husband. That's right. Mm -hmm. That's right. Do I need security? That's right. You're going to need it. You're going to need it. It didn't say she defines a husband. It said he defines a wife. It did not say he defines a husband. It didn't say she defines a wife. Oh, those stepping on toes right those, there. Those, listen, those are all human relationships. You do now, Scripturally, it says that he that finds a wife. And what's important when I gave you the story of how I saw her first because I found her first, the thing is, in order to find something, it has to be hidden. You missed that. Okay, sorry. I got to use this Kleenex box. <laughs> if I ask everybody in this room to find the Kleenex box, it's not difficult to find because it's not hidden. It's out there where everybody can see it. It's out there where everybody can use it. Right, right. He said that. He said, right? That's what, yeah. In order to find it, it has to be hidden. It also doesn't say he that finds a girlfriend. He that finds someone compatible. He that finds a soulmate. He that finds a buddy. It says he that finds a wife. Yes. Not he that finds someone else's wife. It says he that finds a wife. Right. Keep last thing. Last thing I'm going to say. I'm going to pass it on. But I was hoping I got to say this. In other words, him marrying you doesn't make you the wife. That's right. That's right. Oh, you better say that. Let that settle in for a second. Some of you have not yet prepared yourself yes. to be yes. a wife to be yes. found. Yes, yes. And I'm not talking somebody else's wife. I'm saying that if you are saying, God, I want to be a wife, will you put in me and create in me the things that make yes. me a wife? Some of you haven't been found yet because you haven't been a wife yet to be found. He doesn't make you a wife. You are a wife that he finds. Well, how does he find me? Because I've been waiting. I've been this or that. Did you know things can be hidden in plain sight? You ever had your glasses on your head? Be like, where are my glasses at? Hold your phone. Like, I can't find my phone. Some of those things are if you hide in, a, in your father, you hide in a place like you are here with Pastor. If you hide there, he has to find your father in order to find you. Teach. Sorry, I'm done. Teach. Lamont. Yes. You said you saw some connectivity to their story. How did you find your wife? I just remember for sure I had a similar Don't moment. say she was on the toilet, bro. And, uh, <laughs> don't get I walked past a co-ed bathroom and she was sitting there <laughs> contemplating one or two. No. Um, no, for me, it's, it's funny because it was almost kind of a group dynamic as well, but it was one of those situations where, again, I wasn't actively looking for her. Um, she wasn't actively looking for me or anyone like me. Um, but I very clearly remember a very similar instinct, a very similar impulse happening. When I did see her, I was like, oh. It was just that like, huh. 
You know, you, you do, you know, it's almost like that little cock to the head to the side type thing. And she was in a group of, you know, just, you know, how sometimes they just travel together and be like a yeah. little, just a whole group, you know, just like, you know what I mean? Like six of them, just beasts, all of them. Hammers, just all hammers. But you know what? I don't remember what none of them looked like. I only saw that one. So there was something about that that I was at least able to be aware of in that moment. And I had a similar like, yo, I could be, like, that's, that could be wifey. Like that's, you know, like that kind of, that same kind of data, yeah. that same kind of information, that yeah. little data impulse came. And even when it happened, I was like, I was like, ooh, like, what was that? You know, like, <laughs> like, yo, bro, what you, what you doing? But you at know? the time, were you married, were, were you marriage minded? Did you always, were you the type that always want to be married or were you the type that when it happens, it happens? Yeah, yes, I'll say generally yes, but definitely uh, uh, not right now. You wasn't ready. Um, no, well, I didn't think I would. Well, I always felt that I was equipped, but it was a matter of, again, whether I was actively intentionally seeking that. And I can't say that I was, but similarly, that doesn't mean that like your spiritual intelligence is greater than it's your conscious quicken one. It's going to quicken you, right? It's going right? to quicken you. Really? So, so sometimes what the God in you is ready for and desires in you and for you is different than you mortally may think yeah. you're ready for. Yeah. And that's what, similar to your question in the back, uh, L, you were like, you know, what has marriage taught you? It's, it's also tuned me into that, into hearing with the right ear, into tuning in to the clarity of how certain information comes to you and the difference, the discernment between when the God in you is talking and any other forms or types of impulses in you are talking. Now, my wife is fine. So I clearly saw how fine this woman was, right? But, but that's my point. There was, it's, and, it's, and this is the thing, ladies, you can't, we can't fully articulate this thing. That's why y'all can't force it. You can't wear it. You can't buy it. You can't shape it. You can't sculpt it. You can't read it. You can't, you have no control of anything that has to do with us. You got it. you take care of you. Create the space, the environment, the, create the magnet that when I show up, it's, it's, it's indeterminable, it's immeasurable. There is no doubt, but you got to do your part. Stop, don't try to control me, you have no control. You know, it's amazing that you say that because a lot of women are asking for kings, right? And they're like, I want a king, but they're not being a queen, right? So unless, like, I expect a lot, but I give a lot. I'm gonna give 2,000, but I also expect a man to give me 2,000. But then so, back to this, back to this toilet, I mean, this toilet tissue. I'm still, <laughs> I'm still on the toilet. Um, back to this Kleenex box, right? This tissue yeah. box. What's also interesting about that is again, in all fairness, without any misuse or abuse, yes, there should be other dates. There should be other people's opportunities to say, let me see what this is about. You might be tissue 48 in here. You understand what I'm saying? So it's also the divine timing of when I come to this box, right? When I get there, I'm grabbing maybe 45, 46, 47, and 48, because maybe I got a runny nose, whatever. But it's by the time I get to the proper tissue for me, it doesn't matter what the other 44, 47 dudes did. I, I, ain't, I don't have any competition. Never have. Neither Teach. does she. Teach. Right? 
So my point is that you, you, the, you gotta almost lean into the powerlessness of this. That's what's gonna free you up. Release the control, do the work in you, for you, essentially that work is also gonna serve me. Because right. if you're willing to do that, you serve me, I have everything in me wants to serve you. Right. I have absolutely no problem serving my wife. So that's when I knew yeah. I was ready to be a husband because I realized how willing and ready and excited I was to serve this woman, yeah. right? Serve, and, serve. And I also was practicing that through dating. Yeah. So I didn't have to all of a sudden become some different dude. You know what I'm saying? All I had to do was like, huh, now let me ramp this up a bit. Let me see what this really means to take these principles and these behaviors and these disciplines and this joy and all of this, like, let me take this to the next level and really apply it. And when you see what's possible, it'll, it'll blow your mind. But when I saw her, it was, it was very clear to me. It's, it was so bizarre how clear that moment was. So Lamont, let me ask you. It freaked me out. Lamont, let lie. me ask you this. How did you transition from the moment to the actual implication of will you marry me? How long did that take? How did you get to the tissue box? <laughs> right. Well, well, I, I consider when I, when I met her at, was my tissue moment. Right. <laughs> Maybe in multiple ways, right? But then I was, again, I stayed tuned in to what was happening inside of me. Another part of me then, which is what we often do, and we talked about this in the back, when that happens, we go, nah. Yeah. Right? We go, nah, I ain't saying nothing to her. Trust me. My hands were full at the time, okay? <laughs> I was dating. My hands were full. All right? I also am a man of my word. So similarly, out of respect for her, I wasn't going to take any initiative because I don't start what I can't finish. You better teach. But there was something, I'm telling you, there was just something about this moment that said, don't, and I remember that, don't let her leave. It very clearly said to me, don't let her leave. So then I had to humble myself as well as take the risk to take that, make that first move within a whole group of other women, right? And then say, hi, how you doing, da da da. And similarly, without the distraction of other people, I said, hey, I would love to see you again, right? I'd love to have your undivided attention and give you mine. You know, like have the opportunity to get to know each other on the more one-on-one -on -one, one -on basis. But then the ball's in her court. Similarly, I'm powerless after that. She then has to decide whether she's gonna take the initiative, whether she's gonna follow up, follow through, whether she's gonna give me the phone number or the email, or whatever, <laughs> right? And then, as we can say, the rest is history. But it took time. No, so, I want to so know say, how long. So, how long? So that's what I'm saying. So, I'm, so that is, that is almost. So that's 2006, I think. Hey, man, how long it right? took, man? That's what I'm trying. I'm trying to do the math. So that's 2006. So by the time we actually started dating, it was around. It was around eight or nine that we just, you know, maybe late seven. Oh, matter of fact, I was here doing Meet the Browns. And why, so we went to Tyler's, we, I, I took her, which was a big risk, I took her with me to the studio opening in 07, I think that was 07, 08. So that's around the time we just started, again, this is why we're talking about dating. We just started dating, right? But then I was still dating other people. So we didn't seriously start seeing each other more regularly till 2010. Lamont, how that many years did you date this woman before I <laughs> to this yeah. woman? 
I feel like her. I feel like I've been just waiting. What I'm saying, hold on. What I'm trying, I'm trying to integrate some of what we talked about, which is the dating process. So don't integrate. So we got married 2015. You just want to cut to that. Who cares what happened? Lamont, Lamont, cut it off. Like, maybe just jump back to it. So, 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 so,
from the black male. We need a demonstration of it. And number, that's number one. And then number two, we have to redefine marriage in today's economy. We have to do a lot of redefinition. I love what you said because it's giving me an understanding of the psychology of a male. And I think for females, you need to understand how a man thinks. You cannot turn a man into your girlfriend. Yes. And I think with women who are dating, women who are single and dating, try to turn a possible spouse into their girlfriends. Yeah. And I think that's a turnoff. I, I, like I said, most of my friends are men. That's the first thing that my husband and I discussed. I said, do you have any problems with me having male friends? Mm. They've been friends all this time. They're male friends. So we had this big debate. It was a huge debate because I, I've been single most of my life. And that's why I want so to ask my, you, I have, Right. You said y'all ain't never what? No. No. Yeah, no debate. Yes, sir. we had a discussion, discussion then. A discussion. <laughs> so, he, th no, this is serious. Because when we were dating, I asked him two very important questions. What do you expect of me as a woman? Which is different from what do you expect of me as, as a, a wife? wife. Yes. Oh, yeah. Two different conversations. Yeah. We yeah. dated at a distance. Yeah. So we had distance. And I, I remember, back to your point, it was funny. I think it was tasteful what you were saying. So I didn't find it insulting. So one day after I cooked, I was my greasiest. <laughs> my hair was not um, like it is today. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have on any makeup. No makeup, no eyelashes, no hair. I had a t-shirt on. I had cleaned, I had cooked, and it was at the end of the day. The worst that I could ever look. And I did FaceTime. And I said, are you prepared to live with this? That's, that's because, because sometimes at night, sometimes at that's night, cool. I'm gonna look like a dollar. Yes. But when I go out, I I'm right. gonna look like a million. I know that's Come on, man. I know that's right. So can you handle the dollar? That's right. Because if you can handle the dollar, that's right. I'm not sharing my millions. That's right. No, that's good. Yeah. That's, a, hey, that's it. That's amazing. And, 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 and what you are saying is absolutely right. You, wanna, you want someone that shows you everything that they are and not their avatar. We all have avatars. And so because you have this avatar, which is your fake self, you want them to fall in love with you. But if you show up as an avatar, they're going to fall in love with your avatar. And even if they marry you, they will still love your avatar and you will be a married individual and not a married couple. And that's what we've got. We've got a lot of marriage individuals. That's good. That's good. You know, so, so hold on, Dr. Trent. While we're here, you got married. What's considered late in your 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 age or whatnot because you weren't willing to uh, settle. To settle. That's that word. Settle. And you know, going Same. back to what you Same. said. Going back to what you said. You said you felt this thing, 
And I dated um, because I'm a social being and I love to talk to men. I love their intellect, their intelligence. I can't deal with too much emotional stuff. That's not my makeup. <laughs> Are you with me? I'm with you. That's so <laughs> that's not my makeup. E even when I talk to my husband, I'm not an emotional individual. I get straight to the point. Maybe I should be more emotional. I'm not. But I get straight to the point. This is what I want. This is what I need from you. But it doesn't take away from the fact that I'm all woman. She said, let's be Amen. clear. I am all woman. <laughs> Pastor Thomas is here. Uh -huh, uh -huh. One more thing. One more thing. <laughs> I've been single longer than marriage. But a lot of times, we don't know how to accommodate a man. And I think that we, we lose a lot of possible relationships that can turn into marriages because we don't understand how a man thinks, number one. And then number two, we don't make ourselves pursuable. You're an easy catch. You're too thirsty. Available. And, 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 and you, you, a man, if a man can conquer you, he does not, under any circumstance, he won't, if he can conquer you, then he's not going to continue to pursue you. So even in marriage, you got to be pursuable. You got to make him sweat. I have a whole lot of secrets. <laughs> but I promise you. Now you playing games. Don't no, no. Do that. no, 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 because because you you know what happens when you become over familiar with something. You were you think you're taking for granted that breeds contempt. You said you you feel like um, it, they'll start it, taking it, you for granted. Look, look, I I deal with marriages and I deal with a lot of women and a lot of men, and honestly, yes, it's somebody in the marriage takes the other person for granted. Either a woman is over uh, giving of herself. This is how I say it. In order for you to have equality, we got to match energy. Yeah. Now, I'm not going to give 100% and you're giving 20, nor am I going to be in a marriage that I'm going to complain about. What I am going to do now, if I'm giving 100% and you're giving 20%, I'm going to give you 20%. And That's then we exactly can that. work on 25, <laughs> then 30, the middle, then 40. And I'm not saying that you're playing games. I'm talking about maturity. I got a question. I got a question for you, please. This? No, you. Yes. Please. Come on. Um, with it. Being, and, and, and the, the married couples as well, is it more important to you in your relationship to be right or be heard? Because, and I, the reason I ask is because in relationships, that's been an issue. I don't need to be right all the time, but I do need my opinion or my feelings on we the have issue never argued. heard and valued. We have never once Which argued. Which one's more important? Wait, I'm, make, I'm making a, a, a statement. We have never once argued because we have maturity. That's number one. Number two, I respect his perspective. And he respects my perspective. Then we say, okay, this is your perspective. This is my perspective. How can we meet in the middle? How can we meet in the middle? And so I, I believe that a lot of issues with marriages, there are two things, two major issues. Number one, the whole idea of a wife, he that finds a wife. So that means 
She is no longer a child. She is no longer an adolescent. She has become a lady. And once she becomes a lady, she is wife material. A lot of times we date people that are sophomoric. They're adult, they have adult bodies, but they have a child's mind. And if she, if she doesn't know who she is, and she's using you to make herself feel good, she does not qualify to be anybody's wife. That's number one. Number two, what am I bringing to the table that will enhance you? We had this discussion before because we had to redefine marriage. He was married for almost 40 years. I'm a single woman. I'm an alpha woman. So his first wife was a stay-at-home mom. She was a housewife. I'm not a housewife. I make stuff happen. Are you with me? I'm an alpha woman. So he had to make a lot of adjustments and I had to give him time to make adjustments, uh, you know, to figure out what do I do with an alpha woman? Because I'm opinionated, but I'm not loud because I'm a lady. I don't argue. I take full responsibility for how I feel. He doesn't make me feel anything. Say that again. I know how to interpret my own thoughts and I never blame him for how I feel. He is not there to make my life work. He is not there to make me happy. I bring my happiness and my party to this marriage and I invite him to be a part of it. <laughs> she no, said I invite him. But he also brings his happiness. Yes. He has swag. Just like you see this. <laughs> this is 24 hours a day. It's distracting. Dr. Trill, Dr. Trill, <laughs> let, let me talk to your, to, to your king over here. So, <laughs> Pastor Thomason, what made you decide to marry her? Actually, I did not decide to marry her. I'll never forget it. I was walking out of a conference in Miami, Florida, church conference. Had a great message. I was excited. I had been single for three years, and I was walking out and I want to call this lady's name, her name is Cynthia Thompson. She said, uh, and I'm a retired pastor, I'm no longer pastor. She said, uh, Pastor Thompson, where are you going? I said, oh, I'm headed to Bermuda. I turned around, walked away, and she said, your wife is coming out of Bermuda. I turned back around, I said, I'm not looking for a wife. <laughs> and I noticed that when God, when, when you're at a place of self-satisfaction and you don't want nobody, that's when things begin to happen. I was really self-satisfied. I liked me. Secondly, I was self-secure. That's powerful. That's, that's why that's when she stuff. said, oh, uh, you know, she's always been a businesswoman. She's always been in ministry. I know she has male friends. There was no argument, there was no debate. She says, yeah, well, what do you think about me having male friends? I said, you know, it's business and it's ministry. If it's that, you know, do your thing. And that was the end of that discussion. So one of the things that bothered me was that this lady, this 
prophetess, Cynthia Thompson, said, uh, I said, I'm not looking for a wife. She said, well, where you're going, you're going to need this wife. I knew my daughters were probably a little resistant of that. So I said to her, I said, you know what? Call a meeting, talk with my daughters. I remember walking to the car, getting in my car, I sat there for maybe three minutes. And I'm like, I'm like, God, what is this? You know, I have never heard of such a prophecy. Prophets always confirm what I already know. <laughs> this woman just said to me, my wife is coming out of Bermuda. I said, well, first of all, so I took my trip to Bermuda. I remember doing the, 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 the conference there. I remember getting, uh, you know, dismissing everybody and just looking over the crowd. Is she there? Is she there? Where is she? You ever scan the audience? I scanned the room for like three seconds. I said, no, she's not here. But what Cynthia did, she began to describe the woman. She said, first of all, she's worldwide, she's business, she's, you know, she is so. I said, well, I do know somebody like that, but, you know, we're colleagues. She's out of my league. Yeah, <laughs> colleagues. Dr. Well, Turner, what'd you say? Well, she's out I'll, of my tell you, I'll tell you this much, I'll tell you this much. God apparently didn't think I was out of your lane. <laughs> you better tell. Hey! Hey! It's what I deal with every day. Oh. Alpha woman, alpha man. So, so, uh, she, she described, I said, well, I know somebody like that, but that can't be the person because uh, and a lot of folk don't know. I didn't just meet, you know, I lived in Bermuda for six years. And when I got to that church, uh, Dr. Cindy was there. And she was a great help. But there was never any romantic interest between either of us. And that's what probably offended me about that prophetic word. I'm like, well. <laughs> plus, plus, what, what is amazing about this relationship is I knew him 30 years before. Oh. Once I left Bermuda, I never saw him ever again. We had no contact. So wow. in my mind, I said, um, I'm never, I, my, my, my uh, value is never date a colleague. I never date a colleague. And so it was good that he, ha I never saw him for 30 years because if I had seen him, and he stepped up to me like he did, I would have definitely said no. Well, I'm trying to hear how he stepped up to you, so how? Go well, ahead. Well, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, I, I, and, 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 and so, and so what, what, what I did, I said, I, I, I began to say, well, it can't be who I think it is. So uh, I took a number of trips to Bermuda, but then one day, before all of this happened, I invited her to do a conference after 30 years with me in Bermuda. And so in between that time, and even then it was, it was strictly professional because I needed her to make space on her calendar. It took her a while to get back to me. I was a bit agitated. I was at my office. And I said, what's, you know, look, what's, what's taking, but what I did not know, she was actually uh, uh, clearing her calendar so that she can accommodate me in Bermuda. Between that time and somewhere in the middle, all of a sudden, uh, this, uh, a friend of mine from Nigeria came over. He said, uh, when the last time you saw Dr. Trump? I said, interesting, you should say that. 
But when he said it, a picture uh, cropped up in my mind some kind of way. And uh, he began to tell me how great of a woman she was and this, that, and the other. And I got back in my car after we left lunch and I'm driving. I said, this can't be right. It can't be. <laughs> I said, it can't be her. It, it's, it, it, it's just not right. So <laughs> I said, so, so uh, I, got, I, I went up a few months later, went up to see another friend, Central Florida, Orlando, sitting in his living room. We're joking around. Uh, he's flipping through the channel. We're getting ready to watch something on television. He stops and she's on Daystar. And he goes, Russ, there's your wife right there. And he's laughing. <laughs> you know, he's laughing. And, and I said, no, I said, you, I said, you know, you, you've got to be joking. So that, that bothered me <laughs> because I'm getting closer and closer. So I'm having these, I'm having this struggle. Then, then I begin to, I, I said, well, let me just, so I go on YouTube. I flipped on one of her videos. <laughs> and let me explain something about, nothing about me wanting to marry Dr. Cindy was spiritual, nothing. I wasn't interested in her platform, her money, her Thanks. popularity. Uh, I was strictly carnal. Teach. 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 See, this, this, this is what all I want to hear. I want to hear yeah, man keep it real. All of this spiritual. Yes. Come on, unpack that. I loved her spirit. And come on, uh -uh. come on. I was not looking was at her right. spirit. Was not looking at her spirit. Yes, not, sir. Not at all. Not at all. What, what, you get, tell him, tell him. What were you looking at? Uh, um, yes, sir. Bishop, Bishop, Pastor. She couldn't, he couldn't well, wait till well, she turned around well, and preached. His eyes were, well, oh, he sat up. Turn around and preached. Let me, let me tell you what I was looking at. He wanted her to preach backwards. <laughs> what I was looking at was the outward appearance. Because, number one, number one, that's the first thing I see is the outward appearance. Is she good looking? Is she fine? I married her because I liked the way she looked. Not her preaching is great. Laying on of hands, great businesswoman, but there was nothing spiritual about my pursuit. So then, so then after after time went on, I'm I'm wrestling with this, and I'm 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 like God, is this right? And so uh, a few just before that conference hit, my 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 um, middle daughter Alicia, who's here, you see her up on the platform from time to time. She she's in prayer. I'm I'm. I'm home, she gets up, she calls me and she said, Daddy, I know who your next wife is gonna wow. be. So I'm, I'm already struggling, <laughs> you know, I'm already struggling, like it can't be right. And she's, I, I said, well, you know, who is it? She said, your next wife is gonna be Dr. Cindy Trim. That floored me. Wow. After I got up off the floor, <laughs> I hung up the phone from Alicia. I called Dr. Trim. I said, hello, Dr. Trim. This is what I want to hear. It took a minute to get here. Here we go. What you say? Shoot your yeah. shot, King. Yeah, man. Listen, yeah. listen. I was, I, I was coming correct. There it is. There it is. I said, hello, Dr. Trim. Uh, she, said, uh, she said, 
hey, hey, pastor, uh, how you doing? I said, I'm doing good. I need to run some things by you. She said, well, let me get my uh, assistant on the phone. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, what would you do if you had an extra hour in your day? Would you take up a new hobby, catch up on some sleep, complete reading the book you've never had time to finish but always promised that you would? Did you know the best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is by knowing what's important to you and making it a priority? Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I couldn't have become the person I am today without therapy, to be honest with you. My vulnerability and transparency were cultivated in therapy, and it served as a foundation in which the beloved Dear Future Wifey podcast was built. Now, as you know, relationships of all kinds are important to me. Therapy helps with learning positive coping skills, managing expectations of myself and others, and most importantly, establishing healthy boundaries. Ooh, boy, life is stressful, ain't it? Now, therapy is a safe space to recalibrate and recenter. Now, can I be transparent with you? Since the inception of this podcast, I've always wanted to do this right here for better help. Why? Because so many of you reach out to me seeking referrals for therapy services after each episode. My heart has been overwhelmed by the outpouring of you desiring help to show up better in life. And guess what? I believe the world is a better place with better help. It's entirely online, too. Designed to fit your schedule. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Wifey today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Wifey. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. She's trying to, she's trying to, yeah, she, so Lisa, I think she's back there somewhere. She gets Lisa on the phone, wants Lisa to take notes of our conversation. So I said, uh, after, so we talked for maybe about five minutes. I said, listen, I need to talk with you personally. So I said to her, I said, listen, um, let me tell you what's going on on my end. And I just walked her through the story. And, uh, then I, I said, I'm, I'm interested in you. And she went silent. She went totally silent. Now my palms are sweating. <laughs> because I put myself out there. So then she comes back and says, uh, you blindsided me. I said, well, you know, that's, this is the story. This is what happened. I'm interested in you. I want to, I want to see you. And I remember when we were, she said, okay. She said, after you went silent the second time, she said, she said, let's go with it. Just like that. And, and, and I said, well, I said, you know, I've been getting floored all day. Then I asked her, I said, well, where would you like to go on your first date? She said, meet me in London. When I got up off the floor, she said, meet me, forget Cheesecake Factory, 
Me, me, me in London. Oh, I think they got cheesecake factories in London. They might have cheesecake factories in London. The cheesecake factory. I think I've been there. I, 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 I was on the other end of the of the of the line of the of the phone, and I, I, I said, I sounded brave. But London, I'm like, what's wrong with the restaurants in Florida? But I sounded brave. I said, yeah, I'll, I'll be on the next. How long is that drive? Yeah, I'll see you in <laughs> London. How, how long is that drive? How many hours did you get there? I got to put some I, gas in my car. I flew over to London. We, we dated for three days and we discussed what does our relationship look like? We had ideas, we had thoughts. I listened to her. But one thing I, I, I instructed God to do uh, I said, well, Lord, you know, after three years, I may be interested in dating. I said, but I do not want a woman preacher. Yeah. So give me anything but a woman preacher. How did that work out for you, King? How did that, how did that work out for you? He, well, lo he loves every sermon every, I Oh, my God. Exactly. Let me tell you, let me, but let me tell you about my wife and what she does. She, she, she travels and, and, and I ask her, you don't have to do this, but she'll jump off the plane, go directly to the kitchen, start dinner, and I'm like, just rest. But she cooks, she cleans. Hold that closer to your mouth so the women in the back yeah, 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 right yeah. here. Right here, right here. Say it again for the people she, in the back. She, she gets off the plane. Put your phones down. I'm well, I'm, I'm, I'm very well taken care of in all areas of life talk about and the reason i'm saying that again is because i did not want she was not looking for me i was not looking for her if it were not for that prophetic word we would have never, never known anything about anything but even though it started through prophecy we still have to follow the very same rules of, and principles of marriage. That's why you need to go to RussellTomlinson.com and check out, <laughs> check out all, of, all, of, all of the benefits that we have there. But this, this lady is, is not, she talks about, she gives me, in fact, our big struggle right now is that she talks about, oh, if he gives 20%, no. She's given me a hundred. I had to catch up with her. Ooh. I had to catch up with her. Yeah. She has taken very good care of me. And I am so excited about the future Come on. of our marriage. But with someone like Dr. Cindy, I had to come, you know, at her like with the facts. I couldn't come, you know, humming and hauling. I didn't bring no game. I said, this is what's happened. This is what's going on. I want to see you. And uh, I jumped on the plane, went to London. We spent three days uh, walking the streets of London and, and enjoying all of the cultural things there. And then once we separated, we were, you know, I'm, I'm in Florida over on the beach. She's in near here, Atlanta. And so finally, after we did enough back and forth, uh, I did not know I was a long-distance driver until 
she came, you know, we would, we would, I would come up to, to visit her. But by the time we were married in London, um, yeah, fairy tale marriage. Did you ever, you never put the video out, did you? No, not yet. Not yet? It's, it's a great, it's, it's a great video. What, what was King Henry VIII Palace? Yeah, Ham, Hampton Palace. Hampton, Hampton pa Palace. Hampton Palace, where the royals uh, marry from King, time to time. King Henry VIII. King Henry VIII. That's amazing. That's amazing. Listen, I want to get y'all back where we can just do a whole episode with y'all on Dear Future Wife because I'm loving Please do that. so much. Because I want to watch and that. And how many yeah. years was that? Between yeah, how many years? You met the month. Look at the month. Look at the month. about the 10 years. Here we go. Get to the point. Sure, no, he, no, but out of curiosity. How long? No, no. Uh, how long did we date? How long did you yes. date before you proposed? When I, I, it was January when I called her for the conference that would take place. January what? This year? Uh, no, last year. Uh, yeah. We've been married five years. Right. So how long before the words were spoken to you and then you spoke it to her, will you marry me? The that was probably seven months in. Yeah, 10 years. But see, because we he didn't were, have we a tissue. Were, we were actually. Yeah, what a tissue at? We didn't have a tissue. We were engaged. We were engaged. Yeah, yeah. We were engaged in month number four. Yeah, we were engaged. And what we, and what we had to do because of, you know, her notoriety, we dated in secret. So, and even to this day, even to this day. Dr. Trump said in private. In They're private. between secrecy and privacy. Amen, come amen. Y'all okay, yeah. won't ever be a secret, but you want people to be able to maintain things in right. privacy. Come on. And, and we're, still, we're, we're still private like that. We don't, you know, we don't put uh, our activities like on social media. It's business and ministry right. when it comes to social media. We don't go beyond that. That's good. Thank y'all. Y'all give it up for them. That's an amazing, amazing story. Amazing, amazing. Can I say one thing? Yes, sir. Just one thing. Number one, God wants to find you in a place of self-satisfaction. Number two, singles. He wants to find you in a place where you are not only self-satisfied, but you're in a place where you are... Uh, how can I put it? You're in a place where you have a self-centered uh, attention to yourself. It's not about finding somebody. It's about paying attention, being satisfied with you, and then coming to a place where that satisfaction makes you selfish enough to work on you, work on you, Work on you, and while you're working on you, the right people. I'm on my way. That's Show good. Up. Go. That's no, good. Hold, I, hold I was going to say hold something. Hold on, hold on, Lisa. I got 23 minutes, so Go I got to okay. curate this like a pro. Uh -oh. Levon. Uh oh. Levon, so. Um, <laughs> get him. Don't take it easy on him. Don't get take him. it easy. You get see it. that sweater jacket oh, yeah. thing? Yeah. Get him. Uh, <laughs> so, Levon. That's um, fine, dog. It is. So, Levon. Um, You've been single for how long? Um, about six years. Six years. So you just experienced uh, a breakup, right? It was a very public breakup. Um, you met your, the woman you thought you were going to marry on uh, Queens Court, right? And how was that experience dating somebody on reality TV and to propose to them on reality TV? How was that experience? Well, originally, I, I was married before, right. right? So I got married at 24, and I was married for 15 years, right? And so after we decided to get the divorce, 
five years or so of dating, I was at my desk and I get this DM that says, hey, we're from Will Packer Studio, NBC. We want you to do a celebrity dating show where three celebrity women choose guys. And I, I replied back and I said, this is a scam, it's not real. Because I'm like, it doesn't, it doesn't come through DM like this, right? And so I got on the phone with them and we went through a couple of months of interviews and they selected me for the show. And in the time I decided that I want to just do something different. I'm a pretty introverted guy, I just run my business. And I'm like, you know what, let's do something different, right? And so you go on TV, and this is the misconception about reality TV dating, right? We had 10 episodes on Queen's Court, hour each, 10 hours, right? We film about 12 hours a day, three days is one episode, it's like 300 hours, and you may know what I'm saying, per episode. So in a season, you're talking about 3,000 hours, and you saw 10 yeah. when it comes to dating, and people yeah. wonder, how can I bond, how can you meet somebody, and things like that, was it rushed, and things of that nature. But there's a lot of footage you don't see, you're talking eight cameras, you know, 12 hours a day, right? So I just embraced the opportunity. You're talking about 23 storylines, there's 20 other guys that you're competing with, three women, um, in front of a camera, and I had to just adjust to what it felt like to do it all on TV. And I, I'm, I'm glad I accepted a challenge. Um, going through it, you know, I got engaged after the show, and then we decided to break it off, and, you know, and it's just something that you go through. So how have you been healing after that breakup? Because that was this year. So how have you been healing? A lot of times we haven't been giving voice to men going through the healing journey. A lot of women don't really quite understand that especially you've been somebody that was more introverted to put yourself out there than to have your love life judged. And you just heard uh, Dr. Trim and, and, and uh, Pastor Thomas, I'm still calling you Pastor, even though you ain't Pastor no more. It's just out of respect. So Pastor Thomason, that they say, hey, we reserve our love life, you know, to, to be private. How did that feel to have your love life been judged on a public platform like that? And how have you been healing after that? Right. Well, I learned a lot. I still honor what you just said about them. That's a lot of my relationship that I have and will keep private. Right. And so I actually don't speak about it a lot. You know, and in the time where um, it broke, I spent a couple of months alone. That's how I began to heal. Right. I was alone. I didn't go out much. You know, I spent a lot of time to myself. I worked. I went to my office. I spent time with my son. Right. So I just spent a lot of time alone processing it because I think when people go through a breakup, oftentimes we're not, you know, thinking about both sides of what happened, right? And so the, in order not to pass something on to the next person, you got to take the time to heal. So that means that private time, that means therapy, you know, that means being vulnerable, that means being honest with yourself above anybody else, right? And then when you can do that, you can move on in a healthy way. And I always want to communicate to anybody, whether it's business or personal, in a healthy way, never in a toxic way, right? Yeah. And so I think people should learn from that. And so have you found yourself, are you out currently dating? I date. And so how, <laughs> so. I answer FaceTime too. Yeah, you answer FaceTime? <laughs> on the toilet. On the toilet. Shout out so, to Lisa for going viral all the time. <laughs> so how have you been, again, managing the process of not bleeding on the people that you're dating? I'm glad you said that. It, anytime I go through something tough, I bleed in private. I don't bleed out loud, right? And what that means is that if that's therapy, if that's my friends, if that's talking it out, 
of dads going to church, whatever that means, right? I think it's important to, to bleed privately. But as far as me and dating, I take it slow. Good. I am not in a rush to do anything. I take it very, very slow. And if a woman doesn't understand that, it's not the time. Good, good. Last question. Do you still desire marriage? Um, I do, yeah. Why? I think life is to be... <laughs> if I said me, go ahead. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But <laughs> be, like, be, be, like, be like Pastor Russell, scanning the audience, scanning the, scanning the, the lights got bright. Is she there? Is she there? Is she one? Is there one? Uh, why? I believe, first of all, my parents were married for about 25 years, right? Before my dad passed away, my mom remarried. It's been about 15 years or so now, right? So where I come from, that's just what I know. And I believe life is to be shared with a partner, whether it's business or personal. When I was married before, all we did was travel. We built a business, we traveled. And so I just think life is better that way. I love that, I love that. Y'all give it up for that. To still be hopeful because y'all have no idea how many men have lost hope in marriage and don't believe that they gain anything from marriage. And I hear that in these social media streets where they like men losing marriage. That's because you don't know the value of marriage. Even when Adam was formed, he had a single assignment where he was called to name the animals. But then the, the, the Lord said, it's not good for man to live alone. And when I looked at that, I said, what you mean it's not good? He said, I will send you a suitable helper. And I said, why would you send him a suitable helper after he's accomplished his single season? But like my, my, the, the kings have said on the stage is that there's another dimension that your wife it's, the only way you can unlock that other dimension is by being joined in purpose with that wife. And so that's why I understand when you said that, hey, this is what I desire, this is what I want, and the next dimension, the next thing that you're going to accomplish only comes from that union. And so that's why I always want to have a platform where I encourage men, don't get so caught up in it. And they found that most men die sooner when they're not married. Right. This power in unity, this power in what? covenant. Yeah, you understand that? Hey, the clock is ticking, like Chris. Act, talk is good for your health. Hey, hey, you just killed all us. Uh, uh, no, not, not right now. Not <laughs> Wait a minute. Turn don't 39. Don't run. Don't run. Don't run. Don't run. You just killed all of us. You've been calling altar calls to a different type of altar call. Is there one? Somebody said, hey, she's she coming to the altar. Brother Walker. No. So, you better go get your tissue. Jeez. <laughs> It's in the back. Go get the tissue. Go get the tissue. No, I have that tissue. Oh, no, don't waste them. Don't waste them. Don't waste the tissue. Don't waste the tissue. Number 49. 49. 49. Right. That might be enough. So, Brother Walker, do you desire lottery. marriage? Do you desire marriage? Yeah, uh, you know. <laughs> Why you hesitate? No, here's the thing. I, I, because, because I take that serious. So, we was talking on the, on the phone the other day. And I feel like. In in our in today's society, we're so self-centered, and I'm I'm not gonna lie, I'm I, I fear it a little bit, because I look at a scripture that says, "Men love your wife like Christ loved the church," and we look over that, and we it's really more to it than that. And as a man, I want to do that. So in saying in that scripture, what did Christ do? Well, he did two things: he died, and I'm cool with taking the bullet. Which ain't cool with dying after but, the bullet. But the second is he took the blame, because in that same scripture, she said, he says, you present her blameless. Taking the blame is a whole nother level. Oh, wow. That means if she kills somebody, pastor, you got to say I did it. Oh. 
I'm going to the back, you going to jail. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, but, but. Put some money on your book. But that scripture also, also that scripture is saying, you have to do this, and this is the part that gets me, and I don't think we talk about it. You have to do it without expectation. And I'm going to explain it. Christ died on that cross for people that not even going to believe in him. He still did it because he loved them. And so as a man, I want to be able to love a woman. And, and because I chose that woman, because I could have I said no. And I'm talking to every married man here because I know y'all said y'all can't, you know, a single man can't give advice. But y'all, you yeah, know, y'all listen to Paul and that's who wrote it. But anyway. Uh, uh oh. But, uh oh. Wow. Uh oh. But, but anyway. But for real, Christ did that without expectation, meaning um, since I chose this woman, I have to love her and not expect anything back. And I think that's the issue. We love with expectation, and I believe if two people can stuff. love each other without expecting anything, meaning, and I understand what you were saying, you know, I give 100%, but if he give 20%, I'm going to come down to 20%. Well, still 100%. But, but what I, what I believe... his 100%, which is 20%. Right. But what I'm saying is, I'm just taking numbers. As a man, this is what I want to do. Teach. I want to be able to love a woman and say, I'm going to give 100% because that's who I am. That's right. Period. You get your 20% because I chose you. Because I could have said no. <laughs> but since I chose you, I have to love you like Christ loved the Spite church. Meaning, I have to love you 100% without you doing anything and expecting anything back because that's what God created me to do. Yes, and, you, and, you don't wanna, and you don't want to regret not loving them. Yes. In that way. Right. If that's your person. I'm, I'm learning so much from y'all, man. I feel like I owe y'all money for being on this panel. <laughs> you. Like, real talk. Thank you. We'll like, this you. Is, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll receive your seed behind the stage. <laughs> <laughs> He's a pastor. But, but I, He's but a I, pastor I, now. I want to because I love, I love what he's saying because yeah. I, I, I concur on many levels. Um, and I do believe it's, it's one of those things like, you know, it's, it's, it's not really about, you know, falling on the sword per se, but in, this, in a similar way, it's having the courage and the strength to say, me and my wife's thing is no matter what, right? I don't care if you're having a bad day, Nobody. be nice to me, right? Um, it, even if we're not always in the same place at the same time on everything, you know, I do believe, and this isn't to be diminishing at all for women. Again, this is me being, you know, taking initiative and in what I consider leadership and, you know, and so forth. Regardless of where she is and what's going on with her, it's showing up at the best of my ability, at my best self, regardless. And if for any reason she may not be at that same place of maturity and these other things that we're talking about, or equally yoked, we talk about all the time, what, you know, it's, it's be the leader. Set a standard, you know, be what you're trying to model for your home, for your family, yeah. for your union. Yeah. And sometimes we learn in different ways, in different places. We've got different, you know, uh, parental situations that we've grown in, different examples of what, you know, of what marriage of people, is and what a home is supposed to, how it's supposed to function or whatever. And you know I think what I mean? a lot of people are looking for people to complete them, right? Right. So, so they're empty within themselves. Like they're only here and then they're waiting to meet someone else to complete them. You got to be 100% full because you can't pour from an empty tank. But, even, but part of my point you can't. is even if you're not that, because what does that mean? I think throughout the entire journey of life, we're filling our cup, right? Yeah. We're constantly evolving. 
And I don't believe yes, we're always yes. going to be in the same place, in the same ways at the same time. Good. So even if I'm at 100 and you're at 20, just again, it's a very yeah. severe disparity, right? But even if that were the case, again, similarly, I may think I'm at 100, right? That's, that can be kind of arrogant in itself. But if I consider myself higher in the maturity rate than you, part of it still is if I chose you, That's if I word. have faith in you, if I have faith in him, I believe in us. Similarly, yeah. you'll catch up. Right. And but I'm I, going to be here no matter what. But I, I think as I want you to marry. continue to do Absolutely. the work on you, in us, for us, in, right? in, 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 in all of that grace and mercy till we literally get to a place where we're like, oh, are we like, we're kind of flying side by side right now, yeah. aren't we? Yeah. But I always said to my wife at the very beginning, I don't want you behind me. You know, I want you flying right by my side. Good. This yeah. is Good. where, you know what I mean? That's Good. We only got about, we that, only got about 10 minutes left. Hold on, quick. Yeah, that's my expectation. Hold on. Let me, let me talk that's to That's a Chris. philosophy. And I think that a lot of people don't talk about their philosophy. Right. They don't share Their that. marriage, they don't talk about their marriage yeah. philosophy. Yeah, true. Because, you know, in, in some people's mind, we still think of women like we thought of women pre-war rather than post. And women, we had to hold it down, honestly. We had to hold it down during wartime. So we, we, that's when we stopped being homemakers and domesticated. And we were holding industries down. We didn't just decide that we were going to be independent. The world changed. Yeah. And so while the men were, while the men yeah. were at war yeah. and fighting, yeah. we were holding industry down. That's why you had that, you know, picture of the woman with her sleeves uh, up. It was never, it was never a, a feminist movement. Yeah. It was the state of the world. What happened was when the men came back from war, the world had changed. Women had changed. We never ever stayed home. A few women did. But we became now professional women because the industry changed as well as the economy. So we needed two hands on that. There were two people making money. But then we bought home the bacon. Both people were bringing home the bacon. But what happened? We did not divide the chores. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, say that. Ooh, yeah, that was yeah. good. That no, was that's good. Real. So Kristen, yeah. Kristen, let me ask you this. You said that you're absorbing a lot of information as a single man. Yes, sir. What are some of the things that you're gleaning from? What are some of the gems that were dropped that you're adding to this quilt of your love story? Um, well, I'll start. What's your name again, brother? Bishop. Bishop Alton Walker. Bishop. <laughs> Is he really a bishop? He's really not a bishop. Okay. God ain't pleased, but, Bishop. But he's putting it out there. All right, Bishop. No, when he's saying it, it does, it's a huge act of bravery to love somebody 100% all in, lay the chips on the line, let them fall where they may, and give the example of love that you need back. Yeah. That's, that's brave. And some of the best in love moments in my life were because I was as fearless as I could be in that moment. But those relationships and even dating, you know, a couple people at a time here until I found the right one. Those taught me how to be more thoughtful, how to communicate my affection in different ways. That's, I told you, that's why I even got a massage therapy license. Cause the woman I was, wait, the wait, woman I was, and it, I wasn't even being you, that, I wasn't even being naughty you know, about it. You tell my massage. She, she's on her, she, she's on her feet all day. 
And I'm like, okay, what if I learn how to give a real spa quality massage to the woman that I am in love with when yeah. she comes home? Because yeah. I want somebody to be that thoughtful for me. So if I'm a leader, then I'm going to find creative ways to lead by example. And that start, that start making me proud of me as a mature person whose emotional intelligence is growing and, and that kind of thing. This brother talking about healing in private. We have to heal. Everybody says, get over it. And that's a great reminder. Sometimes you got to sit in it. You got to understand our anger is our default mechanism. That's my defense mechanism. It's something happens. I get angry quick, but I don't always know. And we don't always know why. We don't go, okay, well, it made me feel like this. Or that friendship was betrayed. It made me start telling lies to myself and doubting my self-value because if they don't value me, whatever those lower levels are of the healing, it has to be done because otherwise you just get stuck at, oh, I got angry. I ain't angry no more. You didn't resolve anything. And it's important to sit in those things. You can't go through the life that I had personally with everything that I've dealt with, everything, and, and still dealing with recently. It's life, life is life, and, but you can't go through that without a healthy healing process. So and, and I'm so, learning so much from you. So, so, so Christian, what are you looking forward to in marriage? First of all, let me ask you, do you desire marriage? Absolutely still. I haven't given up. I told you I'm a hopeful romantic. I'm not hopeless. I ain't throwing my heart at just any situation, any potential attractive person. I'm hopeful about mine, which means I'm intentional. I move on purpose, with purpose, and in my purpose. And that includes dating. So what do you feel like marriage will afford you? I feel like the second that I, I, I do what I'm doing, working on me, um, holding myself accountable, uh, growing, getting a little bit better, a little more disciplined, a little more uh, open in my relationship with, with friends and family and with God and, and us talking. I know I get on his nerves. I don't care, though. because <laughs> uh, I'm going to keep texting and calling. Um, but in that space, I believe that's where I'll find a relationship of value. I want something the song under that veil is for a reason. That's my yeah. manifestation. I want to be able to lift that one day. I've been married six times on TV and film. I've never been married in real life. <laughs> never. And I'd be sweating bullets when we filming that because I've never had it, so I don't know what it's like. So they'd be like, relax, it's, it's, you're acting. Just shut up, it's my big day. You're going to be good, man. Keep planting the seeds. She, 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 she it's it's coming. I got faith. Uh, don't plant no seeds, though. Don't do that. Let me ask y'all this real quick to Jordan's before we wrap up. So y'all have a whole ministry dedicated to healing and helping marriages that are struggling. Why? And, and talk about that ministry real briefly and before we open it up for the audience for a quick, probably 10-minute Q&A. But uh, real quickly, what is the name of this ministry and why did y'all create this? It's Marriage Masterpiece, and we teach people how to master peace in their marriage. The thing is, is that the master has, is the masterpiece. One of the things that I'm hearing and, and my soul is jumping inside of me, I didn't pick him. Yeah. God picked him. Yeah. So, and I want you to have clarity on that because here's one of the things that was super important to me. And it's important because when you get into marriage, a lot of times you are confused because I think a lot of the reasons why marriages end is because you picked him or you picked her. And the truth of the matter is, is that I didn't pick him. God picked him. And when I asked the father, was this him? He, his answer was unequivocally yes. The thing is, is that I tried to pray him away to Bermuda or Siberia. And I mean that. And I literally would 
fast and pray and be like, listen, Lord, like if this is not for me, like send him to Timbuktu. And he would be on my doorstep with flowers and I'd be like, okay, so maybe I wasn't clear. Maybe I didn't, you didn't hear what I said. But what I mean is, and when I tried to pray him away, he would not go away. He was everywhere. And the Lord said, because that is what I picked for you. This is the thing. And the reason why that's significant and important is this. When you get into trials and tribulations, when you're in marriage, when you hit the bump that's going to thunk you on your head, if you picked him, you will also pick something else when you get to that spot. When I fell down and when I was at my most desperate moment, Lord, what do you say? He says, stay. And the reason he said stay is because that's who he picked. He wasn't who he was going to be then, but he knew what he was going to be in that moment at the very beginning. When I'm not questioning if this is the one, and I know because God doesn't make mistakes, then I don't have those questions. My only question is, how do I make this work? And I need you to make this work. So it's different for that. So marriage masterpiece, it's okay. Marriage masterpiece is a place that God gave us for public marriages to heal in private. Um, The goal that we want to do is to make sure that when a, a ministry leader, when somebody in the public eye is navigating through something that when you look, when you look at Kanye and this person or this and that or whatever, and we like, ah, we want to try and be on the front lines to be able to have these couples to where God can do what he needs to do with them in a space that's safe so that we can help restore healthy marriage and family legacy. And so that's what we do. We import marriage, we export ministry, and we get to do that uh, together. Yeah, I love it. When I say I love that, I absolutely love that. Um, as we wrap up, I do want to leave y'all with this quote that God gave me last year. He said, men should pursue and not persuade, and a woman should present and not pursue. So a lot of times where all these men were talking about is these women were just presenting, presenting, noticed her in the garden. When you hear the story about Boaz, he noticed her. And when you go through your own individual healing, you're walking confident as the woman of God that God called you to be. That is attractive to a man. And you will draw him. And for the brothers or whatnot, you know, you don't have to persuade the woman. I love what what my buddy Russell just said. He said, listen, I told her, listen, we sat down and said, hey, listen, this is where I'm at. (laughs) This is where I feel these are things that's happening. And they had like, uh, I wouldn't even say it was a business conversation, but it was like into a business conversation. This is who I am. This is what it is. She said, these are my non-negotiables. This is what it is. And then you can have a healthy, thriving relationship, a healthy, thriving marriage because y'all are coming together as one. We only have a few, few minutes left, and I want to open it up to a quick Q&A. Make sure that you're not giving monologues when you ask a question. We don't need to hear about your dog dying last week. Just come and just say, hey, listen, this is my quick question. All right, so the microphones are in the center aisle. Come up and ask a quick question. I absolutely love this conversation. Thank you, Dr. Trim, for bringing this specific specific platform to EYYS. My name is Najina Thomas. On the 13th day of a 15-day fast, the Lord brought singles before me last year. In my spirit came up the question, why are we still single? I started a community. The Lord gave me eight reasons why we're still single. I haven't shared with anyone But what he showed me was to begin to cultivate experiences to bring singles together to actually meet for engagement. 
not talk. You single, I'm single. We're not online. We're meeting face to face. And, and, and dope experiences, elevated experiences. The first one was weak men, even though it was off the chain. Rooftop, penthouse. She done did a plug. What we do to bring mm -hmm. more men? And can you, other than in, in addition to your amazing platform, can you go from city to city, either partner with area churches or area singles ministries to have events where we are there to connect, not just talk? That's the goal. So you that's the goal. So that's the goal. The goal is to do that in 2024. I'm trying to find the Adams. I said, I'm gonna do a whole initiative called Adam, where are you? Where I'm about to try to find these men because it's kind of hard for men to show up at events like that. They just be like, you'll, you'll do a whole call out. They be like, man, if you finna try to play matchmaker, we don't want it. So uh, I believe that things have to happen more organically with men. Cause if you say, come here and meet your wife, it's gonna just be me and uh, just sitting there saying, uh, it's just me and a whole bunch of women. It's just not gonna work. So I want to curate it where it's not so heavy on bring it, you know, come meet your wife, but have it where we do purpose together and then they'll lock eyes on you. So we'll, we're going to start curating some trips uh, going on in 2024. So pull up. Here we go. Hi, my name is Ferrari Cruz and I've loved the panel so far. Um, I wish there were some millennials and, you know, more of a younger perspective, but... <laughs> Sorry, but my question is, I feel like there's been a lot of emphasis on women and how we need to prepare as wives and what we need to do to be a wife, but there's been no accountability. There's been no spotlight on men. What have you guys been doing to prepare yourselves for a wife? What's the mindset that you have besides the attraction to a woman's physical appearance? What have you guys been doing to prepare yourselves for us? Because I feel like we ready. All right, hold on. Let's that, get one of so single you know, men. Let's get one of single men. That's an excellent question, and that's where I was trying to go. Hold when on, I, I want to get one of single men. You take it. Dealing here with the go. chronology of, 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 my, of my dating process. Yeah. Going, so here you go. You take it. Too. What are y'all doing? Yeah. Because what you didn't hear is my boy... <laughs> LeVon just said he's coming going at to us stand like Don't be coming at me like that. I got offended with that. I thought you wanted to go home. What y'all doing? Boo boo. Who's snatching the hell like that? I, I literally just said. I got offended. I, yeah, I literally I think they heard just it. said that, that you, yeah. you spend some time with yourself. Yeah. Take, going through therapy. Take, you know, self-accountability. Yeah. Um, break habits. Get better. There, there's things that men are doing as well. We definitely ain't placing all the blame on women. I, I'll, you'll never hear, yeah. you ain't gonna hear us do that. Um, it's not always the other gender. A lot of times in a relationship, it's, it's I mess up. Yeah, we always put it on the men. It's like, my fault we, we, So it's not that we're blaming women to say get to position because on my platform, we always talk about men being leaders. As he said, everything he said, Alton said, was about him understanding the biblical position of a husband of a and whether or not he could live up to that. And that's the reason why he said when he looks at marriage, can he love his wife as Christ loves the church? That was a very transparent, uh, transparent moment that was very transformative. What were you about to say, uh, LaVon? No, I was going to say, you know, we, we all do similar things, right? Therapy, time to yourself, friends, things like that. Sometimes men hesitate on marriage because it doesn't feel as safe. And that's something as men we don't talk about. Like, just like your heart wants to be safe, men, our heart, we want to be safe. So there's a lot of risk in it for men, and they just have to make sure they're ready to step up to the plate, they can sustain it, you know, and they can just love that woman the way they need to love them. And it doesn't make a man soft to feel certain things. It, it, it's got to exactly. be a safe That's space huge. and a safe place to be able to speak on how 
this makes me feel. I'm not weak because I'm saying that. I'm trying to learn and, and expand my emotional intelligence to be able to speak to you and say, this bothered me because it made me feel this way and I'd like to do something different moving in the future. If a man it, can explain that and not just get mad, as an adult see, man, that, that's what that's it, important. That's, that's what it, that's what it is to be emotionally available. That's good. what it looks like. And emotionally right. intelligent. Hold on quick. Let's get to the next question. We got a long line. Let's go. My name is Queen. Um, my question is: I believe one time I saw an interview, Dr. Trin, where you mentioned that you wanted biological children, and I wanted to know as you matured in age, did that desire shift? Is it still a desire? Just yeah. wanting to yeah. speak to that as an older woman. Good. Thank you. I I am privileged to have nurtured many, many children in my life, and I discovered that children don't necessarily have to come through your womb. They could come through the womb of humanity. We naturally nurture, and there's the natural thing that you want to produce. That's what a womb is, is for. You want to produce. And so my compensation for not producing through my natural womb was to produce through the womb of my mind because your mind is a womb as well. And this is where I gained the greatest amount of satisfaction. Um, I was prepared to have a baby up until I was 55. I would have had a baby. Um, after that, um, I had no more desire. But what God gave me was not stepchildren. What God gave me was bonus children. Yeah. They're my children. And um, I, 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 I love God for that because what I did not have in the natural, God gave it to me in the spiritual. And, um, and then I, I'm a family person. So I grew up in a, a family that's very, very close. My family's here. There are four generations that are here. She's my niece. When that, you can wave your hand. That's my niece. She's my great niece, uh, Ashe. <laughs> that's my great, great niece. <laughs> And that's Zaya. She put her hand up. But that's Zaya. And um, we, I grew up in a healthy family. We were poor. But what we had was healthy relationships. And I think... I think um, that's real well. To answer... Yeah, just to answer your question very simply. Yes, there was a time when I wanted children. But then I accepted my status. And I developed myself in the process. And so what I couldn't produce naturally, I produced spiritually. That's good, that's powerful. Next question, please. Hi, I'm Cynthia Lynn Adams, and I agree with that totally because uh, I see in this panel, like the marriage couples, I noticed that like with, with Minister Cindy and Minister Russell, was it Tom Linson? Yes, I like the way they came together. Because my mother and father were married for so 70, what's the question for 72 years, and I want to know: Should we think about? We look on TV and we think, "Oh, we're supposed to fall in love. I'm going to meet him here, and he's going to say hi. Can I take you out?" That wasn't the situation. My question is: The question: Should we wait? Like, think it should be like Hollywood, or should we just let God bring our person? I think it's both. I, the reason why I say I think it's both. Sorry, but I, I think it's both because yeah. a lot of people believe that God said this is your wife. It doesn't say that. He chose Eve. So, so 
God hooked him up on a day, but he said, you are my wife. It's a choice. And so I chose him. He chose me. And there's no plan B. There's absolutely no plan B. But you, 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 have, to, you have to, for single women, you have to settle in yourself. What if you never marry? What if, what if? Because a lot of the men that we potentially could marry are either in prison, they're on drugs, they drop, die prematurely from gang violence. What if your status is going to be single? What are you going to do then? Because you can say that the role that you play as a wife defines who you are. That's real. It's a role. It's a role that you play. So does it mean that if you're single, you have no value? Does it mean that, you know, your value is determined by another person? Because if it's true, then you have to do a lot of inner work before you even qualify to call yourself as a wife. Uh, uh, no one can make you happy. No one can make you fulfilled. In marriage, there's ups and downs. And the reason why is there, there's ups and downs, it doesn't mean that something is intrinsically wrong with the person you marry. It simply means that you're growing at different rates in different areas. You don't grow just as a person. You grow in 12 different dimensions. And so you, you have to give that person enough room to develop just like he has to give you enough room to develop. But if you're both growing, you're not gonna grow at the same rate. And one of the things that I warn uh, women about, you cannot turn your husband into a bishop or a deacon because you're an intercessor. And you cannot make, you cannot define for your husband who he should be as a man. That definition belongs to God. And then you have to take responsibility for marrying him. You cannot, he didn't put a gun to your head. You said, I do. You said that you do. And so, you know, when it comes to marriage, marriage is complicated. It's not simple. And, and what, what Latiris is doing, um, and I'm grateful for you, is just, he's, he's just pulling different aspects of marriage. And this is why I appreciate this panel, because you see different aspects yeah. of it. He yeah. said, I felt something. My husband said, I didn't I feel anything. I saw something. Your husband said, I saw something. I saw something. <laughs> you know. It was something what I saw. <laughs> there, there, there is no one size fits all. But what you can do as you're listening is extrapolate yes. principles and wisdom. Yes. You know, how our relationship works may be different from Latiris, may be yeah. different from Lisa, may be different from someone else. But if you can just walk away with the principle and ask yourself, what do I bring to the table? What are my non-negotiables? Who am I? What do I want in life as an individual? Then what do we want? And communicate that. Women have a problem in communicating outside of emotions. That's good. You know? That's and good. And one, one last thing. First Corinthians says something. Husbands, love your wife. 
wives do what? Respect, respect what your husband, right? So you don't respect from your heart. You respect from your head, but you don't love from your head. You love from your heart. And so all the scripture is saying, men, when you're dealing with women, get out of your head into your heart. And women, when you deal with a man, get out of your heart and into your head. You better teach. You better teach. That right there freed somebody right there. Maybe that somebody was me. Come on, somebody. And you know, I, and I hope, I hope this falls right. I hope I'm saying it. I'm saying it for a reason. I'm, I'm just saying it for a reason, but I'm saying it in a, it's sort of like a riddle. Wives, give your husband head. A riddle. She said that was. She said she's saying in a riddle. Wait, wait. No, no, no. It's not a fork. It's an analogy in there. There is subtext no, in I wanna, there. Yeah, it spoke to my spirit. Because I want to make sure that was like a biblical thing. You ain't got to say nothing else, Dr. Like, Trim. Let that bear that. Let that settle. Don't say nothing. And, and, and the husband. Make sure that was. Come on. Give your wife heart. Yeah. But I just threw that out. And then my last. All My right. last soundbite. That release somebody right there. That's why I'm about to, man, I'm about man, to get married tomorrow. Man, if you are married. <laughs> I'm glad you cleared that up. Said, this will bring men to church. Doctor, this right here will bring men. If you I will come do every Sunday. And have Terrence, show up in numbers. Let Terrence invite me back. Right invite me back. something in the atmosphere. If you just speak that, that's going to be a reel. Come on, somebody. Somebody say, a viral reel is coming your way, somebody. So my last, my last soundbite, I got to give this soundbite. Because, you know, the whole idea of faithfulness. And I'm just going to say it as a parable. But I'm going to drop it like it's hot. And the end. Just a mic drop. It's only going to take me one minute. There once was a cat that would cross the tracks every day. And there was a certain time when the, the uh, trains will pass almost simultaneously. So the cat friend said to him, don't go across the track at this particular time. It's dangerous. But he did it anyway. So he ran across the track. And the train that was passing clipped off his tail. So the other cat said, stay over there. But he wasn't listening. So when he was running back, the other train came and he lost his head. So while you are married, man, don't lose your head over a piece of tail. I see what you did there. I see what you did. I, I feel that. I feel that. I feel that. So, um, Pastor Thompson said, do you still want to have the quick little message you want to say to divorce? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to say something, but I want them to clear their heads about head and tail and <laughs> all of that. Good luck with that. Good luck. Pray my, pray my strength in the Lord. 
Hey, we're giving it all to you. <laughs> Let me say this. You say what you say. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to make a statement and then I'll qualify it. The next great revival is going to come through a lot of divorced people. Because the way the church has handled divorce has put a lot of people in a place of guilt, shame, and condemnation. But when you look at what Jesus said and then what he did, you could tell that even though he says, if you commit adultery and marry another and so on and so forth, we all know those scriptures because they've been preached to us. But his actions are more gracious than what we see under the law because he meets two women. The first woman at the well who happens to be divorced five times. That one woman brought the whole city out to Jesus. The other woman was the woman caught in the act of adultery. Now that particular woman, it wasn't the man that was the adulterer only. It said the woman herself was caught in the act of adultery, which means both of them were married to somebody else. But when they drugged the woman to Jesus, he actually put such a grace on her that it drove away the naysayers that wanted to take her life just because of her adulterous behavior. What am I saying? God clearly, clearly, and I I rarely say this, God clearly spoke to me. And all of you that have gone through a very hurtful, troublesome divorce, you are going to be used to demonstrate the grace of God to a hurting world, and you cannot disqualify yourself because of your divorce status. I want you, and, and it may not be a lot of you in here, but even if, if it's not, the few that may be in here, make sure that you don't hold anything against yourself because you're getting ready to have influence in the kingdom realm and in the church regardless of whether you caused a divorce or somebody divorced you. God is ready to use divorced people. Amen. Amen. Listen, I definitely personally received that word because when I launched the Dear Future Wifey podcast, I was divorced five years uh, on the 29th of this month will mark the eight year uh, anniversary of my divorce. And before I started, I felt disqualified. Yeah. Thank you, King. Uh, I felt disqualified to share my heart and share this journey. But I was so intentional about sitting as a student and talk to, talk to different couples about their relationship journeys, talking to single people to hear about the, uh, the pitfalls of these dating streets or whatnot. And I just wanted these stories to add a wrinkle to my brain so that people can see, to have a healthy Christian platform where people can see what marriage should look like, know that we've been sold these fairy tales oftentimes in churches. People were not transparent enough to let us hear what marriage really brings out. You know, uh, marriage is the biggest mirror that will reflect who you are, your idiosyncrasies, your weaknesses, your strengths. But that's what I want this platform to be. And I thank God for curating these panels and these couples that uh, trust this platform to share their journey. So can y'all give it up for this awesome panel right now?
give it up. Christian Keys, Lamont Rucker, Christian. Oh, and Montel Jordan, man. Pastor, former bishop, Russell Thomason, Cindy Trim, Lisa Wu, Levon Lewis, and Bishop, you still Bishop? Bishop Walker over here, Bishop Walker over here. Listen, did y'all enjoy this? Before I conclude, I have to say, Dr. Trim, I do not take this lightly that you are sharing your platform. Trying to get choked up. There's so many people, especially in ministry, that try to hoard the anointing and the calling over their life where they say, I don't want to share someone else's brand with my platform because it has to be all about me. And when my PR team told me that you were allowing me to do the Dear Future Wifey podcast, it was the biggest God wink of this year. And I thank you so much, Queen. I thank you for finding value in what I do, for finding value in me to allow me to share this space with you. And I honor you, Queen. And then the minute I posted, everybody was like, do you realize that's, that's Dr. Cindy Trim? She a big deal. And I was just like, so I started watching a lot of your content. And I was like, oh, my God, like this, this is a powerhouse. You know, I felt like if I stood in your presence, I was going to pass out under the anointing. I was, should I hug her? Should I shake her hand? Should I, you know, I'm walking up fearful. So, you know. I hugged you, I didn't pass out, so I'm good. That means I'm living a holy life, I guess. So listen, thank you so much. I appreciate all that you do, Dr. Cindy Trim, and thank y'all so much for being an amazing audience. Ladarian, thrusted suddenly into Child Protective Services in 2015. My nephew, black, a boy, the likelihood of being adopted outside of kinship, slim to none. Armani, 16 years old, black, a boy, with five years in the foster care system before I even knew his name. The likelihood of ever being adopted, yep, you guessed it, slim to none. While Ladarian and Armani were trying to survive and barely thrive in an overpopulated and underfunded foster care system, I was living my own life, doing well professionally, Having been a single father with a daughter who at that point was doing well in college, it was my time to live my life, right? Wrong. I felt unsettled, tireless, agitated. There are just too many of our black children stuck in ambiguity and in the limbo of the foster care system. In 2017, I legally adopted my nephew, Ladarian. Fast forward to 2019, I had no ties to this other young king, but I felt God instructed me to adopt him also, and I obeyed. Starting over with parenting should have been enough, right? Working with various foster care and adoption agencies to help bring awareness to the countless young black kings in the foster care system should have decreased my agitation, right? Joining the board of directors of Advantage Adoption, an organization that helps find permanent adoptive homes for children in foster care should have led to some type of resolve, right? No, not at all. None of it felt like I had done enough. I now realize that every one of those experiences was laying the fundamental foundation for my life's mission, Kingdom Royale. Kingdom Royale will be a luxury state-of-the-art home for foster boys. Our first location will be in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. We will utilize the whole person approach that instills identity, empowers them to advocate for themselves, and enlightens them regarding new perspectives and limitless options that they thought were impossible. 
Though the Young Kings will attend the local public schools that are in proximity to Kingdom Royale, our at-home curriculum will broaden their worldview through participating in the arts, attending various cultural events, learning about and engaging in multifaceted discussions about current events and even relevant historical contexts, introducing them to gardening and landscaping and even caring for our animals on our farm and on-site stables. We just launched our startup capital campaign with the goal of raising $2.8 million. Now, why $2.8 million? Well, in 2017, I created a web series in which I performed random acts of kindness for targeting the homeless community. One of the most notable successes was that one of the videos went viral, garnering 28 million views. However, one of my biggest regrets is that I didn't raise a single dollar to help in implementing a more sustainable plan for the homeless community. So throughout the years, with much remorse, I reflected on not maximizing that moment. I knew if at that time, just 10% of the viewers donated $1, we would have raised at least $2.8 million that could have really established long-term support for the homeless community, or at least started a long-term initiative to do so. This is my do-over. This is our new beginning. Together, we can attack this at the root by specifically helping our homeless black boys who are already disproportionately represented in the American foster care system. I'm Latarius R. Whitfield. I've been nominated for three regional Emmys documenting my work with the homeless as well as my personal adoption journey. Despite those accolades, the greatest award for me is truly providing the infrastructure for a transformed life. Visit KingdomRoyale.com for more details. Crown a king and make a donation today. Make sure to subscribe to our Dear Future Wife YouTube channel. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. We welcome your support. Simply share our podcast with your friends and family. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.